encounter to be everything that you want it to be. We thank you in advance for touching and healing and saving and drawing in Jesus' name as we focus on you in worship. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship together right now. Bless you. Amen. Before we go into worship, you know, I just want to share this one awesome thing about we know that this Sunday is uh, triumphant, Jesus' triumphant entry. And so, as Bishop already said, is that it is God that has caused us to triumph in Christ Jesus. 
And we know the word of God says that God will take the foolish things to confound the wise. And I want to read Romans 3, and I want to share something with you. And it says, Romans 3 and 23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet now God in his gracious kindness declares us not guilty. Come on, tell yourself, not guilty. We all guilty. have sinned, but because God's gracious kindness... We are not guilty. Why are we not guilty? We are not guilty because he has done this through Jesus Christ, who has freed us by taking away our sins. Amen? For God sent Jesus to take the punishment of our sins and satisfy God's anger against us. We are made right with God when we believe that Jesus shed his blood, sacrificing his life for us. God was being entirely fair just when he did not punish those who sinned in former times. That is some good news. Yes, and so we just give God correct praise for that. Now, what does that have to do with the donkey? We know that we, you think, okay, the king is coming. Why didn't he come on a great Arabian stallion, a, a beautiful horse? But in, back in that time, when a, a king came in on a horse, it, it represented war. But when Jesus came, he came on a donkey because it represented peace. And the other thing that it also represented is, is that a donkey was able to carry loads of, of weight of things. And so uh, when uh, we know when Jacob sent the donkey uh, to Esau, he was loaded down with gifts to, to satisfy, to appease the wrath of his brother. And my, one of my favorite stories is Abigail that when David was upset with Nabal and uh, she sent um, the uh, donkeys loaded down with gifts yes, to Lord. David, right? Because she was saving her family. And this is what Jesus did. He was the gift on top of the donkey. Yes, and what Lord. gift did he bring? He was the indescribable gift himself. And so he brought us salvation. He brought us peace. He brought us hope. He brought us healing. He brought us redemption. Jesus is the indescribable gift that came in on a donkey for you and me because we all have sinned. Hallelujah. And because of that, I want to just minister this song right now. And it says that I will bless the Lord, oh my soul. If you know it, just join in with me, amen, as we worship the Lord, amen. I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy Please. 
Jesus is the same. Glory to 
and sing. We won't leave like we came. Bound to press, sick or lame, for the power of our Jesus is the same. We won't leave here like we came in Jesus' name. Come on, encourage yourself and say, I won't leave here like I came. Bound up press in sickness or lame for the power of Jesus is the same I won't leave here we won't we won't leave here I won't I won't leave here like I can God, we just thank you and we praise you for the power of Jesus is still the same. Yes, Lord. We thank you for the word of God that's about to come forth. And we thank you that your word has power. And I thank you, God, for those that are listening right now, that you will open our hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I thank you and I praise you that as the word of God go forth, that it will be fall on good ground. We are good ground today, God. And the word of God that will go forth, it would not be uh, stolen from us. It would not be burned up by the heat of the day or what's going on in the word, uh, world. But God, I thank you and I praise you that we made a declaration because of your power. We won't be... We yes won't leave here like we came because of your power God the power of your word God that our families won't be the same yes and we just give you praise we give you glory and we give you honor in your son Jesus this day we pray amen amen I am a blessed man to have that kind of singing in my house in my life every day for the last 30 Five years or so, we give God praise of Pastor Sure, I know you're blessed, but open your Bibles and go to the Word of God right now to Matthew chapter 21. You want to go to Matthew chapter 21. It is the account of Palm Sunday. So we're going to stay right with what happened there, amen, and get Matthew 21. And we're going to read verses 1 and 2 and 10. Verse 1, 2, and 10. Matthew 21. 1, 2, and 10. You have it? So I'm reading from New King James. Matthew chapter 21, verse 1 says this. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you. And immediately you will find a donkey and a colt with her. Loose them. Loose them. He said, and bring them to me. He says, and when they got near Jerusalem and they got to Bethphage. Wow. 
he sends his disciples out to go find a donkey and a colt. Verse 10 says this, And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And when he had come, when, when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved. And they were moved and they made a statement about what moved them. They said, who is this? And that's what I want to talk about today. That God is still moving cities when Jesus shows up. Because the whole city was moved. And they were moved saying, who is this? This is so big for us today because uh, it is it's powerful. It would have been crazy. It would have been mere insanity for anybody to come into the city and make the claims that Jesus was making that he was the Messiah. For any human, for any mortal man to come and claim to be the Messiah in fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy would have just been crazy. So but the whole town was, was, was stirred and moved because somebody came into that city and said, I am the Messiah mm. that the prophets all prophesied and talked about. It reminds me of in Isaiah when Jesus went into uh, the synagogue and, and they handed him the scroll. The Bible says that I, uh, he opened up the place where it said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he closed it up and put it down and said, Today, this has come true in your hearing. These people have been here uh, reading this for years and years and years. And Jesus says today, this one came true in your hearing. This is what he said. It would have been crazy. Somebody walks in here. And you know, today some people walk and say, I'm Jesus. People are saying that today. But this is what he says. I am the Messiah that every prophet talked about. Uh, during his last week of ministry, Jesus deliberately fulfilled messianic prophecies. In the last week of his ministry, everything he did, he deliberately walked out everything that every prophecy said about him. This Jesus, everything that he did in the earth was nothing but the unfolding of time of what had already been spoken about him. And so when he comes to Jerusalem on this day, it's no different. He's just doing what was already written about him. Uh, this this is triumphal entry this morning. You can see my little uh, palms here that represents Palm Sunday. Uh, is a is the triumphal entry. It represented uh, the, a parable that was actually enacted. So uh, we don't get to go to our churches today and, and, and do our choreography, but this thing was a, was a parable played out in real life. He knew it was coming. So we look at the whole story of the triumphal entry that Jesus made. He was enacting this parable that was there. He was claiming to be the Messiah. So he knows who he is. The people have been going to Jerusalem year after year after year after year after year during the Passover. Every year they go to celebrate Passover. Every year. Can you imagine? For, for years. Now this time. He comes in and says, I am the one that you guys have been coming about. Listen, they knew that he was the he would be the lamb slain 
before the foundation of the earth. And one of the things that happened at Passover is that families uh, sacrificed lambs. So when we look at the scene, we, we're not left without some idea of what was going on, how many people were there. Through Josephus' teaching, we understand that at least 256,500 lambs were sacrificed during that time in that Passover. And just with a, a low estimate, if you just put about one uh, lamb uh, per person, that would let you know it was, it was at least 2,700,000 people on the outskirts of Jerusalem. So when Jesus comes in on Palm Sunday and the people there, it wasn't no... Uh, uh, 100 people. It wasn't no uh, 10,000 people. It wasn't just a few people. This triumphal entry was triumphal because at least 3 million people because every, every inn in Jerusalem was filled. There was nowhere for nobody to stay. You couldn't find a place in Jerusalem. So he's outside of Jerusalem coming up toward Jerusalem and as he's coming up toward Jerusalem for a couple of miles around him all the open land was filled with tents and other things of people leading up to Jerusalem. So when he gets to this place, he's already passed through so many people seeing him coming, walking up with his disciples, getting close to Jerusalem. This is powerful. And the whole city was moved, but he had not got to the city yet. So we get the scene of him coming toward Jerusalem. Greatness was coming toward Jerusalem. It wasn't just that Jesus is coming. Greatness was coming. Let me tell you something that happened just before that. If you look at the preceding chapter, just before that happened, he's on the way going towards there, and he passes by two men, and they were blind. And when the scripture says, when they heard Jesus passing by, they began to scream out, Son of David, have mercy on us. And the people told them, y'all be quiet. But the more they told them to be quiet, the louder they got because they were the ones who were blind. Let me tell you something. Don't let nobody stop you from getting what you need from Jesus. Uh, people will, will rather keep crowd control and don't worry if you have any eye control. If you're blind today, open up your mouth and cry out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Whatever you need, don't let somebody else who's thinking about quality control and protocol and being politically correct keep you in a state. He did not come for you and me to stay like we are. He passes through these two men and he tells, the scripture says he stops, calls them out and he asks them, what do you want me to do? Duh, we want to see, bro. We haven't seen our whole life. Everybody else sees you. I can't see that. Have mercy. Scripture says he healed them. And guess what happened? They followed him. So now these two blind men are in a procession going with him on Palm Sunday. And I believe there's some people today that's going to start following him when you see who he is in a greater way. I know you already heard about him, but in a greater way. So you got this 2,700,000 folks all out there. It wasn't just the two people on each side of the cross. And the people that convicted him, the whole nation witnessed and pretty much condemned him. They saw it. And here he was coming into the city and he starts revealing himself as Messiah. Is that good news? So just know this, the whole city 
was moved. It was stirred. What that meant was, if you look at what that word was used in the Bible, the Greek word about moved, it was the same word used to depict an earthquake. It wasn't no small shaking. It wasn't like where everybody was saying, well, uh, you know, Jesus is in town, man. Everybody, no, 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 no. It was seismic. It was earthquake. It was something. It was a commotion. The whole city got stirred up because whenever Jesus comes in, something's getting ready to move. I don't care who it is. When the real Jesus shows up, something is going to move because kings move stuff. He came in to move things. So the whole city got moved because of who he said he was. He came in as king. You know, it's like this. Sometimes people don't believe you are who you are. Sometimes we don't believe we are who we are. But when you ever find out and agree with who you are, you realize that some things have to move. Some of you are not going to put up with some things you put up with out of yourself in 2020 that you put up with in 2019 because you're rediscovering who you really are. The Bible says that if any man be in Christ, identified with Christ, he is a new creature. Let me say it again because I know many believers are hearing this and some have not come to Christ, but hear me. The scripture says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, creation. All things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. Well, I still do this. It didn't say you're going to stop everything tomorrow, but you have become new. And because you become new in Christ, some stuff got to move over. How many of you can just be honest and say, because I know Jesus, some things have shifted, have moved away. I changed this, I changed that. That's what happened. But when Jesus came to Jerusalem, the whole city got shifted because of who it was. I'm talking to you today about why they said, who is this? Let's begin to look at the scene of, of uh, this, this triumphal entry, this um, the triumphal entry of Jesus in, in verse 21, Matthew 21 and 1. It says first that when Jesus drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, there Jesus sent two of his disciples. Let me just say this to us. Jesus is still sending disciples. There are people right now on foreign land in Bangladesh and Afghanistan. This See, one of the things that happened to us today is that I said all the time at our church, church goers penetrate church doors. Let me say it again. Church goers penetrate church doors. If I'm only a church goer, I'll penetrate the doors of the church. But many church goers can't go to church today because you can't go. But when you are the church and you are his disciple, disciples penetrate the world. Disciples go where the master tells them. Disciples do what he tells them to do. Disciples change their mind. Disciples forgive people that did you wrong. Disciples say yes when you would say no. Disciples realize that you cannot do your own thing. Disciples are, are disciplined followers of a teacher and his teachings. So many of us right now can't go to church, so my discipleship is on trial. And when I go where he tells me to go. So right now, some people, I'm not being negative, but just like, oh, I can't go to church. What am I going to do? You are the church. Every place you go, 
the churches on the move. When Jesus came in, the whole city got shaken up because the King of Kings came in as the Messiah. He's the head of the church. And let me tell you something. He still rules. His church is still alive. His church is on fire. His church is on the move. So he goes into Jerusalem and he gets there and he goes in, believe it, and he tells his two disciples when he got near. So he's outside of Jerusalem. He's just about to enter Jerusalem on what we call the triumphal, victorious entry. And just before he goes in, he would say, okay, you, John, and you, Jim, you two, y'all go into the city. And, and, and what you're going to do? So he's directing his people. In this season, just because the church doors are closed, whether it's April 30th or May the 1st, whatever, uh, do what he tells you to do. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? He may tell you today to do, since you're my disciple, I want you to go and do this. I want you to go do that. I want you to go and, and, and feed this person. I might want you to go call this person. And sometimes he asks disciples to do things that make us, come on, squirming. Um, Jesus gives commands that makes us uncomfortable. That's why some people say, all right, I'm through with this church. And I'm through with it. No, the whole city was moved and, and stirred because Jesus had come to town, and he's asked somebody to do something that's troubling you, but if you are his disciple, you'll do more than penetrate church doors, because I don't know when we're going to get back. You're going to penetrate the world. Isn't that good? Mm -hmm. So he's still commanding disciples. Verse number two, look at what he says. Uh, he said he told these disciples, go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey and a coat with her. My God, loose them and bring them to me. He was revealing something else about him that moved the city. He's omniscient. This dude knew everything about everything at all times. He knew everything. He says, y'all go into the village opposite you. When you get there, I already know the donkey's address. You're going to find a donkey. You're going to have a coat with them. Just go, and, and, and Matthew is the only one of the four Gospels that, that, that tell, talks about two of them. So he picks out the fact that it's not just the donkey. You'll have a coat that's unwritten. Can I tell you something? He's still omniscient. Omniscient means he's all-knowing. Omni means all-sniscient come from science. Science is the study of facts. Jesus knows all the facts that we study and become scientists. So he knows everything about your life right now. He knows all your pain, all your burdens, but he has a compassion that goes beyond anybody else. Some of the city was moved because they were about to get some grace that they've been looking for for a long time. They were moved because many of them had been looking and awaiting the Messiah. Many of them are waiting because some people have not treated them like they needed to be treated. But when Jesus comes in, he'll move Henry out of the way and say, time's up. You're not going to mistreat her anymore. He'll enter a husband's heart and change a home in one instant. Can I tell you something? Jesus is showing up. I know last week we talked about a divine house call, but he's still making the same call today. He's omniscient. He said, I know where the donkey is. I know what you need. 
And he goes there. One thing about this also, he says one of uh, uh, the, the donkey, the coat would be um, unbroken, never written before. And, and I'm telling you this, that he's still breaking unbroken men. He did not have to have a broken coat. You know, we go ride the horses and, and they call him on a, a horse that uh, is tame, is not going to buck us off. But he was proving here that he is Lord over creation. So my second point out of this is that Jesus is Lord over all creation. That donkey was a created thing. It doesn't have to be broken. He can ride something that's never been broken. It's an indication that that mother was there since that coat had never been broken. Grab this. The, the mother was there with the coat to kind of help the coat don't get wild. But when Jesus got on the coat, he really didn't need the mother because that donkey was going to submit to him. I'm submitted that somebody is about to be written by Jesus and he's able to tame whoever you are in Jesus' name. Amen? Verse number three, look at what he's saying about himself. He tells the disciples, go into this city, you're going to find this coat and the donkey, and if anyone says anything to you, if anybody opens their mouth about why you're getting them, just tell them the Lord has need of them. Look at what he was saying. He walks in and he's depicting this whole scene saying, not only that, let me tell you something. I know where the donkey is and I know where people are. If anybody asks you anything, just tell them one thing. Say the Lord needs it. If, they, if anybody say, and, and if you study it further, people did challenge them. And he knew they were going to be challenged. You can't just walk up to somebody's house right now, and I'm going to go to your house and walk in and get, get in your driveway, get your car, get your Lamborghini, and just start riding. And say, hey, I'm getting ready to call the law and get my pistol. But Jesus said, if anybody says something, just tell them the law, and they'll back down. Let me tell you this, whenever the Lord shows up for real, he shows up in power, and I want to tell you, anything that's tied up, bound up, when the Lord shows up, mm -hmm. it does not have enough power to resist the power of his Lordship. So I don't know what you have, who you are, when the Lord shows up, something is about to be unbroken, something is about to be untied. Some of you have been looking for something to be loose for a long time. You tried this, you tried that. But if you let the Lord in, if you let him ride into your Jerusalem today, I guarantee you what's been tied up will not be able to resist his power to untie in Jesus' name. That's what's called good news. And uh, he knows that. So he proclaimed that he is Lord over everything. It gets better. He's walking this, this, this story out. Verse number four, it says, all this was done, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king, tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a coat tied to a donkey. This is Zechariah 9 9. So everything he did was fulfilling scripture that he was a Messiah. And Zechariah had prophesied that the king would come sitting on the donkey. So when Jesus comes riding in, not on the old time road, I was going to say it, but when he comes riding in <laughs> on the donkey, 
The king comes riding in on the donkey, but he comes in knowing that he's riding fulfilling prophecy. That he's not just some man on the donkey. He is the promised Messiah, the king of kings who've been prophesied riding on the donkey. He didn't need a war horse. He didn't need a, a, a car. One greater than the horse was here. And so he did not come in on the limo. He did not come in on a Mercedes. He came in on a donkey. A donkey, as, as Pastor Sheryl said earlier, symbolized peace. I didn't come in to tap up. I came to make peace because men are at war. And, it, and that doesn't mean he didn't have power. Power was on the donkey. So he didn't need to bring attention to the donkey. The late Dr. Edwin Cole said this, the higher the gloss, the cheaper the merchandise. He said, sometimes you can find a man who come in with his shirt open all the way down to here, great big old medallion, you know, big sleeves, you know, puff sleeves and big jewelry, shiny, shiny, shiny. He said, the higher the gloss, cheaper the merchandise. Jesus was the gloss. He did not have to try to get a nice car to floss with high gloss. He was already shining with the glory of God before he ever came. The, the gloss was on the one sitting on the donkey. He said, just give me a donkey as the king because I'm going to ride in lowly on a donkey's coat. He came in gentle, mild, and meek, but he had power. It was not weakness. It was power. Many times we think that we've got to come in uh, to, to, to come with great power, but he was power under control. Here he comes, fulfilling prophecy, riding in on this donkey. I want to get on down to verse number six again. Look at it says again. So the disciples went, verse six, and did as Jesus commanded them. Can I tell you something real, real deep? Disciples just do what the master say. Um, you can't really sing in the choir today, but I can do what my master say. <laughs> um, I don't have to go and do all, I, I just have to do what he, and whenever you do what he says, great things happen. Mm -hmm. Look at verse number seven. says, uh, and, and they brought the donkey and the coat. Now they get to here. They got the donkey. They're bringing him back to Jesus. They came in like, Jesus, just like you told us, man. He was right there. And, and, and they did challenge us, but we told them the Lord said he needed them. So they gave them to us. The Lord is all that you need. They bring it to him. They start taking off their coat. They start putting stuff on the coat. They, they knew what time it was, too. Man, this is not ordinary. We can't just throw him over here. They start doing whatever they could to, to make this ride for the king what it was going to be because this was not just an entry into Jerusalem. This was one like no other. This was the triumphal entry, meaning he was getting ready to go and win the victory for everybody for all time. This was his entry to go get the thing. This was the Super Bowl of it all. Oh, baby, this was it. He goes in there and they did what he says. And verse number eight says, and a very great multitude. Listen to this. I don't know how big it was, but you already know there's at least almost three million people there. So a great multitude. Everybody started getting their stuff, man. And they spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches. Let me grab my branches. 
Others cut down branches. They start getting up, cutting stuff. We got to find something to put on the road because they knew that uh, kings would always, uh, people would always put stuff down to honor their king. They would, they would roll out carpet for a king. They would let a king just walk on the dust and get dust in his feet. They would always put carpet up for the king. You know how they would pick it up? We call it the red carpet. They were, they were giving him the red carpet. I mean, the, the clothes and palm branches was the red carpet. What are you taking off for the king? Are we taking, this is a, we're entering Holy Week today. Take something off. Take off something to honor. Don't just go business as usual. He's riding in big time. Take off your usual uh Cell phone time, but take off something and lay it down so the king can ride in into your city, into your house. And this is what happened. They did that, and they all spread down their stuff on the road. They were, they were saying to him, not only did he say it, he said, I am the king. I'm coming in as king, the Messiah who was promised. And the people agreed that he is king. And they put stuff on the ground. They, he boldly declared it and they put it on the ground. But notice this. These same people, the same multitude, who was who putting all that stuff down today, within a few hours, they denied it. Within a few hours, guess what? The, 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 the show was over. The, 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 the praise and worship was over. The Sunday service was over. Don't let this triumphal entry Palm Sunday, don't let your, 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 your obedience to him leave after Palm Sunday. Don't let the, the circumstance be it. Then tomorrow I'm back business as usual. He's still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. See, sometimes we're so event-oriented. It's not our fault. You know, we go to church on Sunday. And sometimes Jesus to us is just what I do on Sunday. It's what I do on Wednesday, midweek service. But no, it's peace triumphant in my life every day. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have the victory on Monday. I wouldn't have the victory on Tuesday. When I, when I get challenged on Wednesday, it's the same Jesus who made the same entry who always causes me to triumph. If I can just be honest with you, in the last few weeks I've had some tremendous warfare. But right now I have so much peace in my heart because I've done some things I did not want to do. I had to do some things he asked me to do. Uh, go to some people I didn't want to go to. Come on. Because I'm his disciple and when I obeyed him, when it wasn't Sunday, when I obeyed him when I wasn't preaching at church, when I obeyed him, I got the peace that he represented on the donkey. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you need to obey him right now. Don't, it's not just Palm Sunday. Uh, join us, uh, I think we're going to do like 6.30 for the next seven days. We're going to be depicting live what happened every single day. But every day you belong to Christ. And he'll give you the victory right now. I want to talk to somebody that feel like you don't have the victory. You can't go to church. You can't go to church. I heard some people say, I'm going to church anyway. Let me tell you something. You don't have to go to the building to be built up. 
You don't have to go to the church house to have the victory. If you know Jesus, he moves in, you're going to have the victory right where you are because it's not about Palm Sunday, how big the choir is, how good your preacher is, uh, how big your church is. No, it's about how big your God is. How much faith do you have in Jesus? Is he just somebody coming in or is he who he said he is? He comes in there. Don't leave him in a few hours. They bowed down to political pressure because the crowd politicked to get him killed. It's not a time to bow down to political pressure. Either he's Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Can you say amen? Even in this season, he is not coming in on the elephant or that donkey. Republican or Democrat, the Lamb of God knows how to cause himself to be lifted up in all men. Don't let your political party make you forget the king in this season. Can you say amen? Verse number nine this is where it really comes in. In verse nine it says this, Then the multitude, they all went and they lifted their voice and they began to cry out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They're the multitude. Now get this. Can you imagine this scene, the multitude? I believe right now that the city can be moved when the multitude who can't go to church, but you can lift up your voice and cry out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. This is what they start saying. Hosanna. Hosanna. It wasn't four or five. It was, it was millions. Hosanna. They, uh, you know how people are. Somebody say it. Somebody else will say the same thing. So they, what you saying? Hosanna. Hosanna. What they? Oh, Hosanna. 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 Everybody. Hosanna. You know, I'm in the crowd. You know how you go to a concert, everybody? We're doing the wave, what you know, whatever somebody's doing, you know, we dance. They just join in. But but they was all telling the truth, whether they knew it or not. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's what word Hosanna means save, not tomorrow. It means save right now. What they were saying is, if you're the one that can do it, do it now. It's Hosanna to the Son of David. Save us now. This was a cry of deliverance from an oppressed people who had been looking for this Savior, this Messiah to come and save them. And just like the two blind men, some of them said, I'm not missing my moment of visitation. I'm telling you right now, many church doors are closed, but don't you miss your moment of visitation. Right where you are today, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's still saving oppressed people. You can join this whole multitude and say, Hosanna, save now. Save what? You may be saved, but your money ain't saved. Save now. You may be saved, but your children need deliverance. Save now. That word means deliverance. If you're bound in any way, he didn't come to make us religious. He came to show us the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, God's rule in our life. If there's any area in your life at all, in your attitude, in your uh, you can't get over what happened to you in the past. You need to cry to Hosanna and say, deliver me now. You know what you struggle with in private. Mm -hmm. 
You know your private bondages. You know stuff that the preacher don't know. You know stuff that the people on the praise team you sing with don't know. You know people that you usher with don't know. You know your private struggles. What he's saying is I'm coming to say save. Religion can't save you. Denomination can't save you. But that one who came riding on that donkey, he's able to deliver you now. Please hear me now and believe the gospel in Jesus' name. They said, blessed is he who comes in the name, in the name, in the name. They didn't say in the name of a building. They didn't say in the name of the choir. They didn't say in the name of a certain denomination. The Lord really have kind of shut all that down right now because we can't even go to the building. I don't know how big your building is. I don't know how many people you have. It's not even how many people in your church. It's, it's just one person. If I come to this one Messiah, I'll be moved in my own city, in my own system. Can you say amen? So he came, and this is why they were moved. They said, who is this? Oh, not what is that. Who is this? And I'm just about done, but this is what I wanted you to, to know that the whole city was moving. I believe that God is moving the whole city. I believe that people are being moved today on the same. The whole city was stirred up. It was a big, major commotion because they said, who is this? Let me just tell you a little bit of something about who they were talking about. I said earlier, he walked, this one walked into the synagogue one day. He sits down. They give him the scroll. And this is what he said. He said, the spirit of the Lord, God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And to proclaim, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Man, this is so big because he did not come to bring you and make you an independent or a Democrat or a Republican or a Libertarian or what do they call Bernie, a Socialist. He said the Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is what Jesus said. Because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Jesus said he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I don't know who I'm talking to today if you got a heart broke. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the anointed one, the Messiah who has been sent to heal broken hearts preach the good news to the poor and to proclaim liberty to those who are captives and, to, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. He said, the, the, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Let me just grab this as we close. Anointed, anointed. He said he has anointed. He has anointed me. That word anointed uh, was the Hebrew word meshach and it meant to anoint or to rub with oil especially in order to consecrate someone or something. Stay with me now. This word appears almost 70 times 
and it refers to the consecration of consecrating things uh, for service or for sacred office, office like kings and priests were consecrated. So what it's talking about here is the most important derivative of this word meshach is, is the word of meshach is meshach. And that's where we get the word from in Greek, Messiah. So the same word anointed meshach in Greek, Messiah, is translated uh, Christos. So Jesus Christ is the anointed Messiah, Christos, Christ. So when he comes in, he comes in as not just one who is uh, has anointing, he is the anointed. It also means the chosen one. So Jesus Christ is the anointed, chosen one, Messiah, who was prophesied about for a specific person, purpose, that is to heal the broken heart. Said it literally those who are bruised. So whoever you are today, that's what Jesus is about. That's what made the whole city go crazy because he did not come in to dip and dab in political reignings. They were, the, the, the Jews were, they knew that he was coming in to, to and they were hoping he would deliver them from Roman uh, rule. That's why in the, when in, in, in the church started, they said to him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He says, no, that's not, it's about, that's not your business. It's not for you to know times or seasons that the Lord has in his own, own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. That's what Jesus said, my witnesses in Jerusalem, where I'm at now, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So they wanted him to come and change them and give them political power. They didn't recognize that he came to come and rule over Satan and sin. So what I'm saying to us today, he comes to free us from Satan and sin. It is God with whom we have to do. And I want us to know today that Jesus Christ is a healer. He's a deliverer. He's got power over Satan. He's got power over demons. I was praying yesterday, and I was sitting up in my bed, and the amber alert came off. The amber alert came off. And it said, unknown car, eight-year-old female. So an eight-year-old girl was taken yesterday. And I just thought, I said, God, have mercy. Somebody's daughter was taken. Who would come and just take somebody's daughter. Why do people go get people's children and take them and go and take them overseas and rape them? Where does that come from? Satan. Why do people go out and shoot people and kill people? Satan. Why do people hate people and put them down? Satan. Why do people fight? Why do men made in the image of God Think that we can, we've got power over another man because I look different. What? That's Satan and sin. It does not come from God. But Jesus comes to deliver us. And he came to bring order and the rule of God over Satan and sin. Can I just tell you parents something? Don't give up on your children. The power to heal and deliver your children is in Jesus Christ. How many of us have been delivered? You mothers keep on praying. You fathers keep on praying. Church, you are vital. Church, you are essential. Church, you are essential. I guarantee you that the Lord is going to do it. He said, keep praying. 
We will see God shape the city. We will see God transform the city as we continue to pray and lock in with Jesus because he did not come to get in this and that. He came to overpower Satan and sin and the effects of sin. Rise up, church. Take your authority in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is our greatest hour. God is moving people in the city. Keep believing God. I prophesy that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail. This is what Jesus says in Matthew 16, 18. Who was he? In Matthew 16, he asked his disciples a question. He says, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? They began to say, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're Isaiah, some say you're Elijah. They said, Jesus, some say you're one of the prophets. But Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I, I am? The Bible says Peter stands up and he tells Jesus boldly, you are the Christ, you're the Messiah, you're the anointed one. He could have said you're the anointed one who one day is going to ride into Jerusalem on the donkey. He could have said all of that, everything that ever been said about him before and everything that he would do, he could have said, you're that one. He said, you're the Christ, the Messiah. You are the son of the living God. Jesus said, Simon Peter, blessed are you for flesh and blood have not revealed this to you. No man has told you this, but my father in heaven has revealed this to you. And this is what he said. Now I tell you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, this revelation of who I am, Jesus says, I will build my church. I will build my church. Who is he? He says, I am the one who was and is to come. And I will build my church based upon who I am. I know I am the son of the living God. I know I am the virgin born, sinless living, dying savior. He knew who he was. He said, that's what I'm building my church on. I'm not building my church on no brick, mortar, or man. I'm building my church upon the revelation of who I am. And this is what he said. And the gates of Hades, the gates of Hades, the gates of Hades, the gates of hell, will not prevail against the church I'm building. Not the buildings that men can't go into to April 30th at least. But I'm building a people, a church. It was an ecclesia, it meant gathering. So whoever gathers and puts their faith in me, not because I'm Baptist, a Catholic, a Muslim, but put their faith in me as Messiah, as the Son of God. When Father reveals to you who I am, everything is shaken up. Can I tell you something? My whole life got shaken up when I found out who Jesus really is and who he was. Not just who my mother told me, not just what I got in Sunday school, but when God himself revealed to me that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. He can do what he said he can do. He'll make our lives brand new. When I put up my hands to him, everything changed in my life. Can I speak quickly to men? Because the Lord is always trying to build men. The scripture says, uh, blessed, uh, 
Every male that opens the womb shall be called holy. Listen to me. Man, if you are a man, a male, you are an important person in this earth. The scripture says in 1 Corinthians 11, 3 Paul says, I, want you, I don't want you to be ignorant, brothers. I want you to know that the head of every woman is the man. The head of the man is Christ, Christos, Messiah. And the head of Christ is God. It's like he's saying, bruh, you're the quarterback. You're a quarterback, leader who has a quarterback, Christ who has a quarterback, God the Father. And what he's saying is, men, we've got to submit to our quarterback. We've got to catch the passes that he throws. We've got to listen to the plays that he calls. And we've got to say, I can't call the plays in the huddle. Only the quarterback can call the plays in the huddle. And if you've been calling the wrong plays, he does not come to condemn you. He comes to hold you and move everything from Satan and sin out of your life and cause you and I to be the men that he called us to be. Brother, don't drink yourself to death. Don't kill yourself. Many of you, you, you lost your job. You lost your 401k. You don't, don't quit. It's not over. Jesus said, I came that you might have a life. I, I came. I didn't come to make you go to church. I came that you might have life and that more abundantly. He's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Let me just tell you one thing. Moses, in Deuteronomy 18, 15, when they said, you are Hosanna, all the people were saying, we agree that you are the prophet that they talked about. And Moses said this in Deuteronomy 18, 15. He said, the Lord, your God, will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you will hear. When they said, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, they were saying, we agree with Moses, that Jesus is the prophet that Moses said he would raise up just like him. I want to say to us that when Jesus come in, stuff moves. And people will look at us sometimes and say, I remember, bro, when you were in a mental institution. You can say, you know what? You're right. But the Messiah came and he changed me. Now I'm in my right mind. We'll be reminded, I remember when you were on drugs. You say, yep, I remember when I was too. But guess what else? Jesus moved in, and now I'm drug-free. People and the devil will remind you, I remember, man, when you were so broke you couldn't pay attention. You'll say, did you remember? I remember, brother. But guess what? Now he has changed my finances all the way around. People say, man, I remember when your marriage was tore up from the floor. You were cussing out your wife. She's cussing you out. Y'all were throwing pots and pans. Y'all were like Ali and Frazier. Now I look at you guys. What happened? Jesus moved in. I remember when some of y'all couldn't get along, even at the church. I believe God's coming in to help church folk get along. We haven't been getting along. When Jesus comes in, the whole city will move. And finally, if you don't know Jesus, I got a question for you. Where will you spend eternity? What are you going to tell God when it's all over? When he says, why should I let you into my presence? Why? 
What are you going to tell him? The scripture says, He has made peace with us through the blood of His cross. Jesus comes to give us salvation, eternal life, abundant life. And if we've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to come into my life, be who you are, not just Lord, my Lord. Not just the one who saves, Hosanna saves, but save me. You know where you are. I want to pray with you. The whole city was moved. I pray, God, that you would move now and touch men, touch women. Holy Spirit, touch people. And ask them, are you saved? Do you know that if you die today, where you spend eternity? 1 John 5, 12, 6, it says this, He who has the Son has life. He who has not the Son has not life. For God loved you so much that he gave his Son. And his Son came and gave his life on the cross. This triumphal entry was, was the first day of the first week on the way to the cross to pay the penalty for our sins. And this is the truth of the gospel. If you will put your faith in Christ Jesus and his finished work on the cross, God will remove, he's already done it, but he'll, he'll count it to you as righteousness. Everything you ever did, man, woman, boy, girl, it's been paid for already. God's given all of us faith, and he wants us to put the faith that he's given us in the son who came in the triumphal entry. So I want to pray for you wherever you are. Pray with me. Father, I pray for people watching who don't know you. That by your Holy Spirit, you draw us to you today. I pray that we would open up our hearts by faith and receive Christ, our King, into our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name. Pray with me, Father. I receive now your love for me demonstrated by Christ dying on the cross for all mankind and I'm one of them. My sin I have nothing to give you but I receive what you chose your son to pay for my sins. I repent I change my mind and by faith today April 5th 2020 I put my faith in Jesus. Save me now. Hosanna! Save me now. If you prayed that prayer, send a comment in. Comment, let us know that. Uh, go on out. Just let me come and say, I pray to receive Jesus. Make sure you do it. We want to get in touch with you. It's not a small thing. It'll move everything in your city. It'll move everything in your home. This is the best news ever. Not only that, I want to pray for people that need a miracle. He is a God that heals and delivers. Whatever you need, I want you to just reach your hands toward me in faith. Father, I pray for people that need you to move. I pray for people that need miracles, God. I pray for those who need the miracle, God, of their loved one. To, to, they don't have a ventilator for them at the hospital, but God, you have breath for people. We ask you to invade hospitals that are short of ventilators. Move with your breath and save now. We come together and say, save now, God. Save in the hospital. Save and protect the doctors. We need you to move, God, with your power and save and deliver and set free. Overthrow Corona, oh God, with, your, with Christ and his power. 
But God, whatever miracles people need, we're praying. God, we're praying that sons and daughters would come back home. We're praying that little girls, God, who've been kidnapped, somehow God sent angels and caused their captives to release them. I don't know what you got to do, but set your people free. That's what you came to do, Jesus. You came to heal brokenhearted people. Heal now. Heal now. And if you need that, just open your mouth and just say, Jesus, heal me. Jesus, heal me. He'll do it. Well, God bless you. God bless you. I'm so excited to have been able to come into your homes, to your hearts to bring this word that when he went into the city, the whole city had an earthquake. And I pray that everything in your life would change. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless your hearts real big. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity to continue to worship the Lord with us right now and to sow uh, into the kingdom of God, to give into the kingdom of God. Uh, it, it's a great thing to do. Uh, so those of you who are together, we stand. It's offering time. We give God praise. It's so great for us to know that the church is not the building, yet we need expenses to carry out the gospel of the kingdom, to see people set free, to give hope to the hopeless. So, so you see today, TWS, so you're tired if you're watching with us and you belong to another ministry, please be faithful to so you're tied into that house so that, be your, your, that, that local expression of Christ may be strong and be able to carry out the mission of the Lord. If you're just watching and you don't belong to our church, but you desire to sow a financial seed and to together we stand Christian church we love to uh, receive that and, and, and continue to promote the gospel. Uh, you can do it by just going to the website to twscc.org twscc.org and uh, you can hit the donate tab and, uh, and and you can give by PayPal or you can give by Givelify or you can give by Zelle through your own bank so it, the instructions are on the website so you can get that done or you can mail in if you like you know me I may have to just mail it in to 1430 Texas Parkway Missouri City Texas 77489 mail it in it'll all get there and if you need prayer go to the website and just put prayer requests our intercessors pray every morning, every day, and we will pray for you. And we want to we want to engage with you. So God bless you. Give and get prayer requests, and, and be prepared to uh, receive information for us uh, on tomorrow. Because we'll be coming live to you every day, giving you the, everything that happened on each day during Holy Week. We'll be coming forth at 7 p.m. every day, every day live of the next seven days with a great uh, reality of what happened on Holy Week. So God bless you. Have a wonderful day. We've enjoyed coming to your house. And know this, Jesus is still moving the cities. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hallelujah.